0: All right, welcome to the program. Good to have you along. There is a drug created here in Ontario. To be specific, London, Ontario could improve lung function in severe COVID-19 patients. We're joined by Dr. Jim Lewis right now on the program. He's a respirologist and professor of medicine at Western University. Welcome to the show. Is it Western University or Western Hospital?
1: It's Western University. Um, It's uh, Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry.
0: Amazing. Well, thanks for being here, Dr. Lewis. Uh, let's talk about the history of the drug and the initial use. Can you tell us the name of the drug?
1: Right. So, so the drug is called BLESS. Uh, it's a short form for bovine lipid extract surfactant. It's a it's a surfactant that has been used for the last 25-30 years for preterm babies that have immature lungs that don't make their own surfactant at that point in their gestation. So... Um, Actually, a London-based uh, scientist uh, discovered uh, BLESS. Um, it's, a, it's extracted from cow lungs, purified, and it can replace the preterm baby's uh, surfactant until the baby is mature enough to make their own. My interest, um, my interest as an adult uh, physician or physician who looks after adults, um, about 30 years ago, was to train. Uh, did my fellowship with a neonatologist to learn more about surfactant and how I could apply it to adult uh, patients with uh, injured lungs
0: okay so we 've got the man the right man for the uh, the explanation here on what exactly surfactant is is it naturally occurring what does it actually do in our lungs
1: yeah, good question um so it is naturally occurring um, as as babies become mature and and all patients who or all uh, humans um, that are, have mature lungs have a lining of their lung that is a, um, a liquid substance that sort of allows the lung to inflate without uh, effort from our, our part. Uh, so it's a biophysical type of um, material. So it decreases surface tension to allow lungs to be stable, so that our lungs don't collapse when we exhale, for example. And when it becomes damaged, um, the lungs are unstable, they tend to collapse, and uh, we have a lot of work in breathing, and that's what happens with COVID-19 patients. When they, get, when they get the virus in the lungs, they get very short of breath because they have to work to breathe, and that's because, in part, their surfactant system is abnormal.
0: So not to take us off on a tangent here, but is that similar to, you know, we're learning about uh, the fascia in the body on muscles uh, and, and what it does. Is it similar to, to that?
1: Not, not really. I mean, it's it's actually the lining of the lung, and it's like a detergent. Um, so it's a, it's a very uh, functional substance that um, is made of lipids and proteins that cells secretes, and it lines the lungs to um, decrease the effort for us to breathe. So it also uh, acts as an anti-inflammatory um, just in our own lungs. So when we administer it exogenously to the patient's um, you know, with a disease called ARDS or acute respiratory distress syndrome, which is in part what patients with COVID-19 get. Um, it works not only to stabilize the lung, the function, as I mentioned, um, but also t- uh, to decrease the inflammation that is very, uh, very overwhelming in these types of patients' lungs. So it is... it is. Um, a, stable, a lung stabilizer, but it's not like a muscle. It's not like the ribs. Um, it's lining the lung to allow the lung tissue to maintain its stability.
0: All right. I think I remember from grade nine biology, lipid is a fat, but I've never heard of anything being administered exogenously or exogenously. Yeah. What, can you tell us what that actually means?
1: Yeah. So the the actual it's it's a bit of a crude process when you think of it. But uh, when babies are born preterm, um, they used to be uh, put on a mechanical ventilator, and the ventilator itself, although you know can can save lives um, and maintain the lung inflation, uh, can damage the lungs in, uh, by itself, and it damages the surfactant system. So. Currently, when babies are born preterm, and we know, we can predict that they're lacking surfactant. It's actually a liquid substance. Uh, again, very much um, physically, it looks like a, a, a detergent or a, um, as a soap. Um, mm-hmm. And it's injected through a syringe into the baby's lungs, obviously in small quantities. Um, and it, because of its, the nature of its uh, characteristics, the biophysical properties, it sort of spreads along the lungs very nicely. And it allows the lungs to inflate, so babies don't require mechanical ventilation, and they again can uh, maintain survival, maintain oxygen uh, in their in their body until they their lungs can make their own surfactant. So All right. We, so we give it to adults. It's obviously uh, larger quantities. We've looked at various ways to give uh, administer the surfactant uh, via aerosol, but. The current study is using uh, installation of a liquid just out, like in babies.
0: Okay, so it, this can obviously, I mean, you can see how it could be used to help severe COVID patients because uh, this would uh, help people that would be headed towards a ventilator. Um, it, it, as you said, it has anti-inflammatory properties. We're finding out that that's like a big problem, inflammation when COVID-19 uh you know, sets in, we see that the uh, immune system overreacts almost, and there's a lot of uh, inflammation. I want to ask you if the um, lack of uh, surfacant leads to pulmonary fibrosis, because I was reading a story about how that can get very severe if you have people on a ventilator.
1: Yes. So, so, um, the first thing to remember is, is a lot of COVID-19 patients um, don't require ventilator support. I mean, the majority of patients survive. Um, that doesn't mean it's not significant, but the, what we're targeting are the patients that require ventilator support, so a respirator, mechanical ventilation. And these are the patients that end up, uh, for the most part, um, being ventilated for numerous days and uh, ultimately can, can die. So. Our our approach is not to target patients who may get better on their own, although, you know, vaccines are going to hopefully prevent that from happening, but those patients who require uh, the ventilators, and you've heard in New York and the big epicentres, there's a ventilator shortage. So when we put this substance in their lungs at the onset of ventilation, we hope to uh, prevent the duration of uh, ventilation that's required, and obviously getting them out of the ICU sooner and ultimately save lives. The link to pulmonary fibrosis is not as clear as as you might think. There are damaging effects of the lungs when patients with COVID-19 survive, um, and we're learning now there there are damages to the muscles, damage to the brain. I mean, there are a lot of long-term consequences, but there's not a real link between COVID-19 and the actual disease of pulmonary fibrosis. So patients who have pulmonary fibrosis um, are not really the same type of patient that um, have COVID-19. Pulmonary fibrosis is obviously a devastating disease in itself, but has a different sort of uh, etiology.
0: Okay, so you're trying to reduce the amount of time someone is on a ventilator. Couldn't you take this um, bless, this surfactant? and give it to them, uh, COVID patients, when you start to notice uh, a, an extreme severe uh, change in their stability?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good question. And, you know, that would sort of prevent the need for ventilation, uh, which we have looked at in our studies in our, in our lab. Um, and the way to give it, uh, the way to administer it in that situation is via aerosolization, nebulization. And, you know, my thought always has been, Um, you know ultimately surfactant may be a substance that could be used in a puffer you know I'm a respirologist Mm -hmm. and I treat a lot of asthmatics and COPD patients and uh, ultimately it may be something that we could use um, prophylactically to restore our own surfactant function we're not quite there yet Um, aerosolization is not an efficient way to get the material into the lung and again um, with a fairly expensive resource uh, we don't want to treat patients that may not need it so it's it's a very um, difficult decision when to intervene in these types of patients with this therapy ultimately as i said vaccines will probably prevent the disease there are many medications that have been tested out there that haven't yet been proven that may prevent the patient from requiring ventilator support but we are very confident with the research we've done that if they do need ventilator support Um, we have an intervention that actually could save
0: lives. Okay. Are there any side effects?
1: Yeah. Uh, Another good question. Um, We've used it in, well, it's been used in preterm babies, humans, for years and years. We've done clinical trials in adults with lung injury, ARDS, um, um, you know, totaling 500, uh, you know, 500, 600 patients. We've never really found a downside. It's a safe Uh, uh, drug, unlike some of the ones you've hear, heard about in the news that have ultimately, you know, had concerns about safety, it's a safe drug. It's a natural part of our lungs that we're just replenishing. So the initial study, the major goal of the initial study, obviously, is to establish safety in this particular patient population, COVID nineteen. We're we're very very confident that this is going to be well tolerated, and we're also confident it's going to improve. The ability of these patients to get oxygen into the lungs it's going to decrease the number of days that require ventilation and ultimately you know prevent a lot of the long-term consequences of COVID-19 but you know we have to start uh, start small start uh, smart and make sure that as you mentioned it's safe and effective and then our goal is to go uh, to bigger studies you know multi-center studies large trials
0: do we know what's leading to the, the breakdown of surfactant in, in, in the lungs um, from, is it, is it COVID-19 attacking it? You know, if yeah. it's naturally occurring and we all have it in our lungs to enable our lungs to inflate and deflate without permanently staying deflated, um, yeah. what, what's it's, causing this?
1: It's, it's intuitive that, that if it's an inherent part of our lungs and it lines our lungs and it's necessary for lung stability, uh, it's intuitive that it would be altered in lung conditions. Um, and, you know, that's a big majority of our research that we've done over the last several years is to find out what role it has in different lung diseases. And for sure, patients with COVID-19, uh, there's, been, there's been pretty good studies um, that have been published that the virus actually attacks the specific cell that surfactant is made in, the type 2 cells. Um, and if, if we know that, and we know that surfactant is an essential part of the lung, then it makes sense that it is uh, playing a role. The Mm other piece of evidence is somewhat indirect is that um, the the patients who have COVID-19 that get into respiratory failure are very much like the patients we have studied for 30 years, patients with ARDS. So, again, uh, we've tested surfactant in, in ARDS patients. It's safe, and it's particularly effective in patients with the type of ARDS that is induced by pneumonia or direct lung injuries. So uh, COVID-19 sort of just came along and obviously a devastating illness, um, having a huge impact on on our health. Um, it turns out that what we have been studying it, it's sort of the the picture perfect disease that may respond very well to surfactants. Obviously, we don't want uh, you know another wave, but we are at the stage now where um, should that happen, uh, we're ready to go um, as of today.
0: Amazing. Dr. Lewis, thanks so much for uh, shedding some light on this, and that's some great news out of London, Ontario. Thank you so much. Great.
1: Thank you very much.